Welcome into Success by Design. I am Wendy Navarro with Navarro Creative Group, and uh, I am your host for this business podcast. The reason I approached uh, wanting to do Success by Design was a number of reasons. I've been a small business enthusiast and advocate for over a dozen years. And what I find is that so many businesses have a great story to tell, but so many don't have that platform to tell it. So I thought, you know what? In our community of Sumner County and Middle Tennessee, I want to highlight and put a spotlight on some of the amazing business owners and businesses who are doing great things here in our own community. So with that, let's get started. Welcome into Success by Design, a business podcast on the WHIN Podcast Network. Now, here is the founder and CEO of Navarro Creative Group, Wendy Navarro. All right. Welcome back to Success by Design podcast number three. I am Wendy Navarro, your host. And um, remember that you can listen on winradio.com, winradio on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud and navarrocreativegroup.com. So I'm going to just jump right into this because I'm really excited about our next guest. And he kind of intrigues me because he's a little mysterious, I feel. And I say that because um, he's the kind of person who um, I think, I believe, takes action and is the true entrepreneur. He's on a mission. He has something in mind that he wants to achieve and he's just going for it. And that is the kind of entrepreneur that uh, really intrigues me because there's no question. They're going to jump right in both feet and make something happen. And uh, I'm talking about Jason Duncan who is the CEO and president of Energy Lighting Services and president of H&D Capital Partners. So Jason, thank you so much for being here today and for taking the time to be on our podcast. We really do appreciate you and uh, and so interested in finding out more about ELS and everything that you are doing. Um, and let's go ahead and jump in. Tell tell everyone about ELS and where you're located and what it is that you guys do. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Wendy. Um, so Energy Lighting Services is located here in Hendersonville. We've got an office in City Square Solar Center. I started the company in 2010, and um, I live in Gallatin. So started the company right out of my a spare bedroom in the house and uh, used my shed as a storage location for lights until we finally decided there was way too many dollars in my shed to keep in a shed. So we had to move to a warehouse and an office location. But, uh, you know, the high level stuff is we, we do LED lighting retrofits in commercial buildings all across the country. And the reason we do what we do is because we believe that our customers have more important things to spend their money on than the electric bill. You know, they've got things they want to do. And so what we can do is we can find the extra money in their ceilings uh, by taking it out of the old inefficient lighting systems LEDs run much more efficiently, and that money goes right to the bottom line. They can spend it on things they really want to rather than sending it to the electric company. Now, I know you guys just did a job for a friend of mine who has an electronics recycling center out in Gallatin. Very pleased. It's great for her team. Um, she employs adults with autism, so they're not having to try and uh, figure out what the devices are in front of them um, because they're able to see them now. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a really great change for them. But tell me now, 
you're you're the you said you started this in 2010. Right. So it's not an overnight success, which I think a lot of people have the idea that you're an overnight success because maybe they're just hearing about it for the first time um, in this area. So what brought you to this? You weren't you weren't in this industry before you oh, started. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I t- it's really a uh, it's a funny uh, and interesting story. Um, I spent 13 years in uh, in ministry, and I worked in ministry all over uh, all over the southeast. I even went out to uh, Nebraska for a short period of time. Wow! And during those 13 years, I was also doing uh, sales. You know, I sold cell phones or you know insurance, whatever whatever I could sell to kind of get some income coming in because I was bivocational. So I, I didn't I, for most of that time I did not have a full time income through ministry. So I knew how to sell and I was pretty good at it. And uh, but there came became a point when I just absolutely got tired of doing the whole ministry thing. I said, you know, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I feel like I could make a better impact if I was doing, you know, doing this work somewhere else. And so for me, what I thought God had told me to do was just go, go get your master's in education, become a teacher. And I did, and I absolutely loved it. And that's, that's actually, um, the most fulfilling thing I've ever done was wow. teaching. I taught eighth grade American history. I taught, um, at Schaefer Middle School in Gallatin, and absolutely loved it. And and that the uh, the ability to make an impact on those those kids' lives and their families it was just it was fantastic. Now that being said, um, I was a really good teacher, but uh, in the 2010-2011 kind of coming out of the the Great Recession, yep. the county had to make a lot of budget cuts, and uh, I was the last guy hired in the building, and didn't have tenure, even though I was a a model teacher had really high t- test scores in the county. I think at one time I had the highest test scores in my subject matter. Wow! But it didn't matter. So I was kind of left with, you know, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And um, now the story kind of—I'll back up a little bit. The year prior to that, when my principal came to me and had that very difficult conversation, um, a friend of mine came to me and had this con- had this concept, this idea to build a hydrogen generator for cars. And he said, "I want, I want, we need to go in business together and build this thing." And I was like. Bill, I, I, I love teaching. I didn't want to ever do anything other than this. I want to be a principal. I want to be an administrator. He goes, well, you don't have to. We'll, we'll, we'll do this on the side. So reluctantly, I started the company with him. And it started, uh, the, the original name of the company is Future Vision Energy. Huh. And we built that company, uh, or well, we started the company. We didn't build anything. But we <laughs> worked on building those inventions just kind of in the spare time. But, well, fast forward a year. And then when that my principal had that conversation with me, I was like, well, I'm not going to make any money selling hydrogen generators, but I've got this company now. What can I do with it that could actually turn into something something pretty big? And, uh, of course, I wanted to teach, couldn't find a teaching job anywhere. They just People weren't hiring teachers at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just one of those things. I thought, well, I know how to sell. What can I sell that's in the energy space? And LED lighting came up as an idea, and I thought, okay, I can do that. So I gave myself until August the 15th, 2011. That was kind of my cutoff because that was my last paycheck from the state. <laughs> I thought, okay, if I go figure something out by then, I got to go get a job. I got to have a time. <laughs> yeah, I got to go to Lowe's or something. So my wife and I kind of made that as a hard deadline if something doesn't happen. Well, on August the 12th, three days before the deadline, um, we ended up closing what uh, what turned it, turned out to be eventually about a two point three million dollar contract with a hospital. Are you kidding? Yeah. So uh, that was a we had the a very happy elevator ride back down to the car that day. <laughs> <laughs> now, no. Okay. So so you're a perfect example of something that Zach and I were talking about earlier. Um, is being 
don't not being afraid to take a leap not being afraid to take a chance and knowing that uh, you know we don't we don't always have the answers but if we have a a instinct if we have a gut feeling if we feel like we're being led to do something and we go for it um there's no no determining what's going to happen with that it it could fail or like in this case it could succeed immensely i mean 3 days before you said okay this is it it's either you know the 15th or not and you walk away with a multi-million dollar job. Mm-hmm. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Well, it didn't turn out. It wasn't, I didn't have a million dollar check that first day. Like that first <laughs> check, I think it was like $18,000, which is still a lot of money. That was yeah, more yeah, than yeah. half of what my salary was as a teacher, I think. <laughs> right. But, uh, but the biggest check that I got, the first big check I got was uh, 680, I think $684,000. I still have a copy of that check somewhere. Good for you. But, uh, but that didn't come until much later. Like sure. we had to prove ourselves, and it turned into that. So you, you mentioned, you know, this overnight success thing at the beginning, and this was wasn't an overnight success. I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression that I walked in, made one deal and I set for life. That that's not the way it worked. It never happens um, that way. No. When that, when the truck came that, uh, I don't know, several months later when the truck showed up to unload, to, to deliver the LEDs that, that we had ordered for that project, I was under the impression that the truck was going to leave the, like drop the trailer so that I could work out of it for the next three months and use it as storage. And the driver's like, no, buddy, I'm coming back in three hours. You could have this thing unloaded. So I, wow. along with some uh, temporary workers that I hired through a local temp agency, unloaded that truck ourselves. I managed that project myself. I, d- I sourced the materials myself. I handled all the invoicing, the PO. Like, it was hard work. It was the hardest yeah. work I've ever done in my life. And, uh, and, and that was just one project. And mm-hmm. then I had other projects that came and other projects. And eventually you start hiring employees and, and, uh, and, and it grows and grows and grows. But it was not as fast as what it sounds like on this podcast. Sure. Well, and I think that's a great point because I don't want people to believe that, you know, overnight successes are really overnight successes. People put a lot of hard work and uh, back breaking work into becoming successful. Um, Anyone who is an overnight success, well, that's just pure luck. And it's, you know, an act of God because that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You have to put the work into it. You have to understand that you are, um, you're, you're your own success. If you're willing to put the work into something, if you're willing to learn, because this is something also that you had to learn. You were learning all of this at the same time you yeah. were doing the job. Yeah, I didn't know anything about lights. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to you, learn. You were, you, were, you were the best history teacher around, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I had to learn. I yeah. had to learn. And, you know, you've got to it's a matter of commitment and passion yep. and you know my passion has never been led lighting i don't i mean leds are really cool but i'm not passionate about it what i'm passionate about is providing for my family number one yep. passionate about building a business providing for the families of my employees and watching them grow and succeed and be able to do the things that they want to do that's that's what drives me it's what keeps me going but there's also this thing of risk you know as an entrepreneur you've got to be you've got to be comfortable with risk yes and so when I decided, okay, I'm going to do this, well, it would have been much safer to, you know, get a, get a job, you know, yeah. anybody would have done that, but, but the risk to put it all out there. And, and today we're, we're, we will celebrate 10 years in business next year. Wow. We're still putting things at risk and I'm, I'm not going to give all the divulge, all the details, but there, I mean, we're at a tremendous amount of risk almost all the time. Right. And it, you know, if anything goes wrong something bad could happen but but that's what the life of an entrepreneur is you put it at risk and when you put it at risk you get big rewards absolutely um again it's one of those things where we zach and i were just talking about you know it's 
the greatest re- greatest rewards are always when you step outside of your comfort zone. If you stay within that comfort zone, if you don't take risks, you're going to not grow. You're just not going to grow. It's not going to happen. You might be fine with having, you know, an office in a city and your 10 mile radius is just fine for you. But when you truly, truly are an entrepreneur and you are ready for that entrepreneurial journey, the risk is the is going to bring you the greatest reward. So one thing, two things I know that you're doing right now is that you have just expanded. Mm -hmm. So you've expanded outside of the middle Tennessee area and you now have an office opening up in Memphis and one opening in California. Now those are, you know, you have your West coast and you have your middle of the uh, middle of the United States. So tell us what prompted you to do that? Well, everybody says, uh, Sacramento? Why Why Sacramento? Well, it's interesting. So I believe that one of the keys to success is knowing the right people. Mm-hmm. And another key to success is being in the right place at the right time. Uh, th- th- those are just two that I, that I know for sure that are keys to success. And I was actually in the right place at the right time and knew some right people. And so there's a, a colleague of mine here locally who used to live in Sacramento. And he said, hey, I know a guy that out, out in Sacramento is a very successful entrepreneur. You should meet him. You guys have the same worldviews. You, you see things you're doing. You're doing business the same way. You guys should talk. Now, he was in a completely different line of work, different business, but still equally successful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that guy flew out here to uh, to Nashville to meet me. And uh, Well, actually, we had phone calls a couple of times. But then he, he was intrigued enough. He came out here. And I thought we were just going to meet. And he, he showed up. And we had like a three- or four-hour meeting. And he wow. said, I – I really want to be in the lighting business, but I don't want to start it all over. Would you be interested in, in partnering up doing something in California? Awesome. I'm like, well, okay. So there you are. It's the right place, right time, knowing the right people. And I, you know, I made sure that I put myself in those places. Yep. And so uh, Lucas is the gentleman's name that I'm now partnered with to open the office in California. And he and I do have similar worldviews. We do operate our business the same way, even though we're in completely separate industries. And we took another year after that conversation before we launched it. It took us a long time. And Planning. actually, you know, and actually today we still don't have the salesperson on staff to get it really going. We've mm-hmm. got our executive team in place in California, but we're still looking to hire, hire right now. Uh, so that's how Sacramento happened. Now, Memphis was another story quite different, actually. We're part of a group here in the Nashville market called City Current, and they uh, uh, they are actually based originally in Memphis, and they bought out a networking platform called Accelerant in Nashville, um, I guess about a year and a half ago. And we had been very successful members and partners of Accelerant for quite some time. And so when City Current came in and bought them out, they had a, a different model. And the model was based on doing good and philanthropy and, and, and giving back to the community plus business networking, mm-hmm. where the other model was just business networking. And so um, I was so impressed with City Current's model and how they did things. And Johnny Johnny Pitts is the, uh, the CEO. Well, actually, he's the founder. And then the CEO is Jeremy Park of City Current. Well, I was so impressed by them. I said, hey, I, I want to I be a partner in Memphis, too. And so we worked out a deal. And uh, so my team and I just started going to Memphis. About every two weeks, we're going down to Memphis for meetings. And, and we started developing business opportunities there and started growing. And then just recently, actually two weeks ago, just hired my first two feet on the, you know, boots on the ground in Memphis. Uh, two ladies that started with us as lighting consultants there. And so we officially have an office in Memphis now. That's exciting. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Much easier to get to than Sacramento. So, yeah, right. Yeah. You just a hop, skip, and a jump. So I love what you said about the connections, surrounding yourself with the right people, being in the right place at the right time. But but that doesn't just mean that you're in the right place at the right time. That means that you're putting yourself out there. That means that you're talking to people and you're letting them know what it is that you want to do. And I think a lot of times business owners um, 
feel like they they have a problem asking right they're, they're they have a they have a hard time asking for what it is that they really want and what i see and especially in this case right now is that when you're when you're looking for the right people in the right place because you already know what you want it, you're going to be able to make it happen if you're quiet about things if you don't talk about things that's when i think people become stagnant they don't surround themselves with people they don't build up relationships Tell me more about that. I want to know more about you and your relationships. And I want to know about it with within your circle, because you have a lot of networking circles. You have a, a CEO group um, that, that meets at your office. Um, you have the City Current. You have a, a few other things that I know that you do. Tell me more about those and why you think that those have really helped you with your success. Yeah. So I, I, I like I said, I think there are two, two of the, I think there's five keys to success. And I know we could get into all those, but two that I've mentioned is being in the right place at the right time and knowing the right people. Uh, the third one that I've mentioned is passion, you know, being passionate and you don't have to be passionate about a product or service. It could be passionate about building a business or like I said, building the business and providing for my family. And I think that those things are things that you work at. Like you don't just sit on a, like a knot on a log and wait for the right people to walk along. You've got to put yourself in the right places. So mm -hmm. I think that networking, uh, networking has a bad rap because people don't do it right. Yeah. They think that it's something you do before work or after work when the work is actually in the word. Networking is work. Networking is when you get out there and you put yourself in front of the right people at the right places at the right time. And some of the networking uh, things are a dud. Some of them you go and there's nothing, there's nobody there you want to talk to. Yeah. But you know what? You wouldn't have known that if you didn't go. Yeah. Some of the networking things you go to, you're going to meet the next person that will write you the biggest check. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't go to that networking event. So I think that it's important to put yourself out there, to get out there and to know uh, all right, I, I don't know these people, but I'm going to put myself out there and meet these people and find out what's next. So I'm, you know, I'm working on opportunities all across the country right now. And I've got opportunities to do things like this because I met you, you know, if I hadn't invited you to my office for business tactics Roundtable, I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast, right. but, but I didn't know you were the right person, but now that I met you, you are the right person. And you, I was at the right place at the right time. We met here. I am doing this podcast and I don't know who's going to listen to it. I don't know how, what, what this is going to turn into, but this is why you do what you do. You got to put yourself out there. I'll give you an example. City current does a radio show and, uh, they do a radio show. It's every week. It comes out on all the cumulus stations, um, in Nashville and in Memphis every week. And uh, they invite all different types of guests to come and do the radio show. Well, I was one of the guests on the radio show in Memphis, I don't know, a month, month or so ago. I don't remember what it was. But, you know, I did one in Nashville a year ago. Never got any calls. Nobody ever said, hey, I heard you on the radio because it comes on like 6 o'clock in the morning on Sundays. <laughs> like nobody's up. Well, the but, good thing about this one is that people can tune in anytime. <laughs> that's right. Podcasts are better media. Uh, but, but we ended up having a guy contact the radio station, say, I heard that guy talking about light bulbs. Who is that guy? I want to talk to that guy. Well, they ended up inviting that guy to, to the breakfast that City Current hosts in Memphis met him, met one of his other colleagues. They, they were so impressed with my story and kind of what we did. I mean, they weren't even looking to buy anything. They just wanted to meet. And I thought, well, how cool is that? Yeah. And then they invited me later, went down, had lunch with some other colleagues from the business. And they, you know, I don't know where that's going to go. I'm just enjoying getting to know these people. They're fantastic people in Memphis, but they have a huge business that supplies flooring products for companies all over the country. And so they're connected. Just, yeah, they're connected. You, you know that. Well, I think, and I think that's brilliant. I think again, you know, talking about the relationships, and I think that you, I love what you said about you know networking is that the work is in the word, and 
I, I agree with you 100%. Like there are some networking uh, opportunities that you go to and you realize immediately that that's not the right place for you. Other ones you're like, this is fantastic. You get really energized, just the environment itself. Um, but you have to also remember that if it's not going to be that place for you, it's okay to step away from that. And I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that. I think there's some pressure sometimes to, you know, stay within networking groups because you've said, okay, I'm going to be here, but it's your business. You've got to be in the right place. That's for you. Yeah. The relationships that you are talking about, you're exactly right. I did meet you when you invited me to the, the business tactic round, round table, and I enjoyed that very much. I actually had dinner with somebody um, from that meeting um, and we talked and, you know, we have potentially some opportunities in the future. Um, but you have to you have to take that chance, take that opportunity and reach out to people and you are seem to be an expert at doing that and i'm really fascinated with that and i and i think that you're a great example of why it works because when you're reaching out to people and you're interested in who they are and what they do just as they are interested in you there's a there's a a bond that happens there and when you care about somebody enough to make sure that you're you you know who they are and what they're doing it it comes through it's transparency and I think that's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really well, I th- awesome. I think, that, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, there's only four reasons why anybody buys anything. And relationship is one of those four reasons. Yep. And the relationship is always a two-way street. It's not just people that you like. It's it's people that you will like. Yep. And you've got to start that relationship. So I think working social media, I think working live social yep. networking opportunities, I think those are all important places to start those relationships because nobody's going to buy anything if they don't know you. Right. And if they don't know you, they can't, they're not even aware of you and there's, they might not buy from you. They don't like you. So you've got to be out there and you've got to put yourself out so that people can, you know, know who you are. They like you, they listen to you, they trust you. And then eventually they will do business with you. Absolutely. Well, tell me more about your business tactics roundtable Cause you do those every quarter, ev- every quarter. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's usually a group of about 12 people. 16 is the way we max it out at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 12 to 16. Mm-hmm. And the business tactics roundtable, it was your idea. Now, there's a couple of things that I've heard during the business tactics roundtable, um, why you started it. But I think that it's probably evolved from that. Tell me more about why you why you did start it. Well, so uh, we, we've got a really nice space in our in our office, <laughs> you do. and we thought we we should use this more often. <laughs> you do. Um, so we we sat down one of our one of our sales coaches that we work with, Michael Burt. He he actually kind of had the idea. It's like you've got this nice space. You should be using this to attract people to your space. Yeah. And so I sat down with my uh, marketing and branding uh, specialist. I sat down with my general manager. And we just had a powwow and said, okay, we've got this space. What can we do to get, get people in the room of high caliber, like people that we would want to do business with? Yep. Um, ideally, a CEO, a CFO, a business owner, somebody who has you know five or more employees, somebody that's operating big businesses, big buildings, because those are our prospects, right? Absolutely. So if we, what could we give a value, offer a value to those people that would make them want to come to our office. And then once they're in our office and they meet us, remember relationships, one of the reasons why people buy things. So if we can build that relationship, what can we do to make them say, okay, this is valuable. 
I want to come do this. And so what we thought, okay, it needs to be tactical because so many CEOs and business owners get invited to these, these lunch and learns that are just a sales pitch for whoever's given it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they get invited to a rubber chicken lunch and it's not that like there's no value or the speaker's terrible. I thought, okay, they heard, they've heard enough speakers. What could we give them that's tactical? So, okay, what if we did a true round table and the round table would be um, just people who are in the same situation they're in business owners, CEOs, CFOs, et cetera, but they want to learn a little bit more about how, you know, he or she is doing a certain task. So our, our talk, our topics this year were, um, you know, we did one on, um, money let's see what's, what's coming up. The next one is on goal, goal setting and time management, which is for our fourth quarter. We did one on, uh, best practices for cash flow planning and budgeting. We did one on marketing. I think that's the one you were at. Mm-hmm. So we did one on marketing and what we, what we've done is we invite uh, to get what we consider guest experts on the topic. So people that are kind of experts in that field and they are there just to be kind of a backdrop for answering any, maybe some technical questions, but it's a really a facilitated conversation. I facilitate the conversation and it's not a speaker event. We all sit in our round table and there's only 16. I max it at 16 so we can have nice. really good conversations. Yeah. And so what we found is that the people that are coming, to those really like them. Now, they don't always come back to the next one because we only do them once a quarter and it, it's set. And if you can't come, you can't come. We don't, we don't reschedule it, but we're having the room filled every time people want to come. They want to listen. They want to learn. And they like the fact that it's really tactical and it's a little different. So it gives us an opportunity to show off our place. Mm-hmm. It gives us opportunity to meet the people we want to meet and it provides value to all the people that come. And, and that, that I think is really important. Again, providing the value to the people who you want to do business with is very important. Anytime you're doing business with somebody, you should have in return some form of value that you are providing to them. And I think a lot of people um, think about, you know, what, what's in it for me? Whereas we really can, should kind of shift that around. Not only is what it's in, what's in it for me, but what value can I add to people so that they will uh, walk away from here remembering who I am and that we were able to do this together. Mm-hmm. And Michael Burt, I attended recently um, at your office, again, in this great room that you can actually, I'm going to do a plug here. I know people, you can actually rent out this room from ELS. That's right. Um, it's a fantastic room. So if you have up to how many people well, you could, it could seat 44 people yeah 44 people it has the full um you know video media consoles and everything that you would need to do some any pr- kind of presentation but i went to one of the michael burt's presentations at your office recently and he's fan- fantastic i actually went home and told my husband okay we need to go to you know his little <laughs> his little retreat here so you know that's something that we're talking about right now but I know that I, as a business owner, appreciated that you reached out to me because I think a lot of times people think about competition versus collaboration. And one of the things that I have found is that by collaborating with other business owners, whether or not they're in my same scope of work or whether they are outside of my scope of work, that I get a better return on that investment in, in partnering with them or even just getting to know them than I do if I think of them as being competition. And even within my own realm, marketing, 
I work with different marketers all the time because everyone has a different specialty. Sometimes people will hire us to do a certain job that they don't do and vice versa, or I'll ask somebody's opinion. So I thought the, the round table tactic was really exceptional in the fact that you were talking marketing and you invited me. I am a marketer, but you had your specialists who I'm very familiar with. They're, they're here in this area and they're very good. So I knew that what you were doing was going to provide some value. And what do you think about the, the competition versus collaboration? What has your experience been with that? Well, I think you, you, Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people get what they want, you end up getting what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So I think that the competition versus collaboration, I think that um, collaborating with people who are like-minded and have the same beliefs and the same worldviews and the same kind of drive for business to do the right thing, I think you'll always win if you collaborate with those people. Absolutely. Um, if you've got somebody who is a competitor and they still ha- and they still have those same values. I think you can still collaborate, but you obviously you got to be wise. You got to be shrewd. You can't you can't get Give in bed. Can't get, get, get intellectual <laughs> property is important, right? So you yeah. don't want to waste that. But but I think that we we can't we can't have we can't have a closed fist mentality. We have an yes. open hand mentality. So you open your hands to what people can can what they need to provide them value. And I go back to what Zig said. If you help enough other people get what they want, you'll end up getting what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I had somebody recently ask me, you know, about, um, you know, what you do about somebody who's competition or competing with you. And my response to that was, don't pay attention to what they're doing. You need to focus on what you're doing and what your end goal is. Because when you're focused on you, then you can make the uh, events happen that you need to to be successful. If you're so focused on other people and what they're doing and somebody's trying to compete with you, then you get lost. You 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 run astray. Um, so I love that. And I love that you... That you quoted Zig. He's a pretty awesome... Yes. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. All right, so I want to know about... Um, what would you say to someone right now who is struggling or who wants to give up and they're an entrepreneur? You, you've been at this for 10 years. You have some, you know, you have some, some stuff under your belt there. <laughs> well, I think you've got to have the, 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 uh, that important conversation with yourselves. So what do you really want? I mean, what are you trying to get? Uh, if, if you've already achieved what you wanted, is it really giving up or are you just finished? Mm-hmm. Did you get your, did you get it done? But if you started this thing to do X and you haven't done X yet, then don't give up. Don't be a sissy. You got this. It's going to be hard. Yeah. This is not going to be easy. And what do you think going to get a paycheck for somebody else is going to make it easy? Yeah. What happens if that business goes out of business? What if the owner of that business says, well, I've given up. I mean, you've got less control when you're an employee of someplace than you are if you are the employer. So, you, yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, there's going to be times you're going to give up, but you got to decide why did you do this to begin with? And if you haven't finished that, then keep going. You're not done yet. If you're done, if you got it done, okay, then you're not quitting. You're not giving up. You completed it. Move on. Right, sell your business. Celebrate, <laughs> sell the business and go do something else. And let me tell right? you, I get emails every week from people wanting to buy my business. Love and that, that sounds that that sounds a lot better than this, but it's it's people who don't know me. They're just, they're fishing for, Hey, there's businesses to buy. Listen, if you, if you got your business built, I'll put you in touch with these people. They, they don't, they want to buy anything. <laughs> They'll buy, they're not just looking for me. They're wanting to buy any business. And so if you've built it to that place and you're ready to, to move on to the next step, look, there are people that want to do it. So don't, it's not about giving up. It's about sometimes being finished, but if you haven't done what you set out to do, you're not done yet. Keep working. 
that's that's fantastic all right and then you may have already said it but tell me what what is your favorite saying what what motivates you when you are down in the dumps when you have a bad monday and you come out of work and you're like wow that just kind of really sucked today what 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 is the what is the inspiration that will keep you coming back the next day uh well that's my family and i it's not really a saying I, i i mean uh, my wife and I have been together since we were 15 and 16 years oh old. Oh my gosh. Wow. And so we're Little like, we're, we're together forever. And yeah, uh, that's so awesome. I want to make sure that she's taken care of. Her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. And, uh, you know, I've got two kids that are awesome, uh, 19 and 17, and they're, you know, they're trying to get their lives, the next steps of their lives figured out. So I've got a lot at stake. So mm-hmm. I, you know, bad day, well, suck it up. You got to go back and do it again because there are people there are people that are depending on me to do what I need to do to get it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the saying that I like to say, and I don't, know, I don't know whose it is, but if it, you know, it'll all be all right in the end. If it ain't all right, it ain't the end. Ah, that's excellent. I don't know who said that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think know. I've ever heard that one. I don't either. All right. You're just loads of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this so much. All right. So then what other what other bits and pieces of information would you give to somebody who's just starting out in entrepreneurship, who's really just kind of getting their toes wet? Is there something that you would that you would say or how you would guide them or, or where would you guide them to to kind of, you know, because we all go through those those uh, trial and error, mm-hmm. right? We always we all slip. We all fall. We all go back two steps forward one what would you say to somebody who who's going into entrepreneurship right now? What would be the thing that you think would help them the most to not make the same mistakes that you have made? Well, so there's two pieces of information that when I get asked this question, these are all, this is my pat answer to that. Number one, you need to hire a business coach day one. I know you say you can't afford it, but it is the most important thing that you can do when you start your business. The second most important thing you can do when you start your business is to make sure you have a good bookkeeper. And it is not, it is not your wife. It is not your husband. It is not your mom or your dad. It's somebody on the outside of your business that can take care of your books and make sure you don't screw them up. It took, I, I didn't have either one of those for a long time. My books were screwed up. Um, and then I also had, uh, I didn't have a business coach, so I made a lot of dumb decisions. So now I have, uh, several <laughs> coaches that work for me <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's a big part of my budget. It's a part that I budget in and make sure that I can, uh, that, that, that I need that outside advice and that outside wisdom to come in because as, uh, other, other people have said, Michael Burt says is you, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. You just need a second set of eyes to look at things. So mm-hmm. those are the two pieces of advice that I give to every person. If you want to start a business, you've got to have a business coach and you've got to have a bookkeeper. Those are non-negotiables. You've got to have that. If you don't do that, you hardly shouldn't be in business. That's my opinion. The other thing is, and it's kind of a, a kind of a more, an, an aside thing is, uh, you got to know how to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, if you're an inventor, uh, you don't have to know how to sell, but you better know somebody who knows how to sell, right? right? But if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting something from scratch, a marketing business, an LED lighting business, a podcasting business, whatever it is, if you don't know how to sell it, then all you've got is a really nice product. You've got to be able to sell. So invest time in learning to sell. Read Zig Ziglar. Read read books like Dan Pink. Dan Pink writes book, great books. He's wrote to, to Sell as Humans great, great book. Uh, there's so many other books out there that you need to educate yourself and read. You got to know how to sell because if you don't know how to sell, I don't care how good your business is. Nobody's going to buy it. You got to know how yeah. to sell. So that's kind of been like, 
because I knew how to sell, I was able to get a deal that ended up being a couple million dollars and then many more after that. Had I not known how to sell, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. I wouldn't have got it. And um, I, I've got I got a quick story if I've got time yeah, to tell you it. Have time. So in that very, first, the very first pitch that we did for that hospital, um, I was sitting in this in the boardroom at the hospital. I had it was me and my business partner sitting next to me on my left, and across the table were, was uh, the vice president of facilities, the the chief engineer, and the chief financial officer of this hospital. And we're in this humongous boardroom, and I had an 11 inch white MacBook sitting on the table between <laughs> me and the vice president of facilities aimed. I w- it wasn't even hooked up to a screen. I didn't have a clicker. I was actually going through my slides with the space bar leaning across the table and I'm going through this pitch. Now, now I know how to sell. I just didn't know my technology at that point. So, so I'm going through the pitch and I'm about two thirds of the way through the pitch and the vice president of the hospital stops me and says, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. He said, uh, has anybody ever told you no? And I said, no, sir, they haven't. I didn't tell him that he was the first person I've asked, but, but, but <laughs> right. I said, no. We're and, good. And then he said, well, why wouldn't I do this? And I said, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do it? And after a couple more minutes of talking, he looked at the CFO and said, write the man a check. That wow. was the first deal. Now, look, it wasn't as easy as that story makes it sound. <laughs> I had to know what I was doing. I had to know how to sell. Yeah. And so you've got to invest the time into learning that. And that's why part of what I love to do is I love to coach entrepreneurs on how to sell. That, and that's, yeah. that's what I do a lot of. I was going to ask you, I know that that was something that you got into, I don't know how long ago, but I know that I had read it in your bio um, that you're also coaching entrepreneurs, which I thought was great. How can people get in touch with you to know more about that? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm at, uh, I think it's linkedin.com slash in slash Duncan Jason. I've got mine backwards because there's so many Jason Duncans out there, but you can find me there and connect with me there. But I love to coach entrepreneurs. I love I love sales. Sales is kind of my niche. That's what I like to do. And I know a lot about it. Um, I spend an hour and a half every Monday morning training my sales team, kind of going over the finer points of sales. And uh, it's not necessarily going through deal by deal, looking at strategy. We actually talked today, we did an hour and a half on what is prospecting? How do you Mm -hmm. do it? What does it look like? What does it mean? So I love to do that. And and I think long term, you know, my future will be in coaching entrepreneurs, coaching small business owners, Mm -hmm. specifically in the finer points of sales. Because again, if you don't know how to sell, you can't succeed. I'm actually doing a, um, I was kind of plug for what I'm doing in December at the Tennessee Small Business Development Center. I'm, I'm putting on a three-hour workshop on, it's called Why People Buy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a three-hour tactical workshop on the four reasons why anybody buys anything and how you can use that as an entrepreneur to grow your business. And that's the Tennessee Small Business Development Center over by Ball State? It's in Ball State. And at, it's on in De- Gallatin. Yeah, on, in Gallatin. And it's on, I think it's on December the 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's $60 to come to it, but it's three hours and it'll be well worth your money. Well, that's excellent. And and you're right. If you don't know how to sell, I, I hear so many people, so many entrepreneurs, sometimes um, they'll, they'll say, well, I'm not a salesperson. Well, if you have your own business, you are. Mm-hmm. You have to be. You are the only one who will sell it the way that you want it to be sold. And if you don't understand what that means, then you're going to have a really hard time cre- growing your business. So I love the fact that you've said that. And I think that everyone who's listening, sign up right now, because if you don't know how to sell your business, you really need to learn how to do that. You need to invest in your time. You need to invest in your uh, your education so that you can be successful and uh, learn from Mr. Duncan here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And and one of the things too that I that I love that you said is that you invest in your employees. 
that is one of the things that I think that a lot of people forget to do. They think that their employee is an employee and that they're there to do a specific job. When as if you invest in your employee, your employee will grow with you and they'll help you grow your business. And I think that you've really hit that um, hard with your business. Is that right? That's right. The employees are the most important part of the business. And um, it, it's not the customers. It's not the product. It's the employees. Because if you can't, if the employees aren't there, there can't be the growth in the business that needs to, that, that you're looking for and that you're wanting to happen. So um, culture, you know, company culture is the number one priority for us as a company. We have five pillars of excellence. The first one's culture. And we, we take great pains to protect that. So culture is, you know, what are the unwritten rules, how we treat each other, how do we do things around the, around the office. And sometimes culture gets a little messy and you've got you to make mm-hmm. some corrections. And I've had to do that recently and it's very painful. But those things are absolutely necessary. And then not only just protecting the culture but investing and to make sure that they can grow so i want my employees i want my team members to be able to invest time energy and money and getting better at their craft to learn how to do things better um because if you what i what i tell them is that if you look back one year from today and you are the same person in the same place you were a year ago you're cheating me yep. and you're cheating every one of your coworkers. Yep. you should be better a year from now than you are today and if you're not you're not doing this right and that that's a that's a truism for everybody no matter if you're an employee or your stay-at-home mom or you know wh- whoever you are if you're not you different yeah if you're not a different yeah. different person a year then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I love it. I love that you have um, really taken the time to, I mean, obviously you have thought about that and it means a lot to you. And I love that you've taken the time to do that and to invest. And I, I have to tell you, thank you so very much. You are really an inspiration. I think that you've uh, done everything incredibly well. Um, I think that by sharing your story, you're going to help a lot of people to um, maybe think a little bit differently. I hope they take advantage of the opportunity of going to hear you over at the Small Business Development Center and get to know more about ELS and all that you're doing. Um, and and anyone who's listening now, how can they reach you uh, personally if they want more information about your coaching or about your uh, your business ELS? Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I think obviously the company is energylightingservices.com and you can find us online. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me on uh, Instagram at the real Jason Duncan. It's at the real Jason Duncan. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me on those places at real Jason Duncan. And then uh, I'm even on TikTok. TikTok, uh, yeah. yeah, my 14 year old son loves yes. it. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm on, I'm the TikTok sales pro. So look me up on TikTok at TikTok sales pro. I do uh, several videos a week on sales tips, one Love minute it. sales tips, and then I also do some really funny stuff every. Well, fantastic. Once in a while. What we'll do is we'll put those in our notes on the podcast, and yeah. we'll let people know that where they can find you so that they can go on there. But I want to thank you so very much for being here today. My pleasure. Um, it was a real pleasure getting to know you better. Um, I was really looking forward to this, and I and I have every reason to to have had that feeling so thank you again and uh want to go ahead and wrap this up and if you uh would love to share this information on uh your on your social media feeds um if you want to have no more information go to winradio.com winradio on apple podcast and soundcloud and navarrocreativegroup.com remember you are able to write in and ask questions we will um, try and answer every question and if we can't do it we have amazing professionals and experts like jason here who we can reach out to and we'll be able to help answer questions um, as well 
but we wish you all the success in the world and we look forward to you uh, being back with us next time.